Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So think about if you want to go outside the magnetic field, you have to be in your little fishbowl. Yeah, I want to cruise around in my all-terrain fishbowl. Why are we outside Earth's magnetic field? Because we're making the planet a cube. Welcome to Dead Planet Society, everybody. This is a podcast where we imagine what it might be like if we were given cosmic powers to rearrange the universe. I'm Chelsea White, U.S. editor at New Scientist. And I'm Leah Crane, physics and space reporter at New Scientist. And welcome to the first episode of our two-part season one finale. This one's a doozy, folks. This week, it's time for the most dangerous game. We're (laughs) taking down Earth. And in true Dead Planet Society fashion, we're doing it in glorious style. Glorious geometric style. We're making it a cube. Cube, Earth, cube, Earth, cube, Earth. I truly love this idea. And I can't wait to find out how we could slice the planet's faces off. Thanks, Hannibal. (laughs) You're welcome. But also, I'm curious what will it do to gravity or time? What would it be like to live on cube Earth? I've done a little bit of research, so one thing I do know is that it would be absolutely wild. Or should I say it will be absolutely wild. (laughs) We've got geophysicist and disaster researcher Mika McKinnon to help us out, and we started by asking her what is the best way to make Earth a cube. I think that's actually the most challenging part is trying to get the cube. And then once you have the cube, just kind of assuming that it stays that way, because when left to its own devices, anything big enough is going to go in the the spherical and or lumpy potato direction. Just that's how gravity works. So first you have to get it into a cube, then you have to keep it into a cube. So I thought that we would start and keep the same mass, because if you start screwing with the mass of, of the Earth, then really you don't have the Earth at all anymore. So I figure you need to like shave down the sides and stick them up in the corners, kind of like a big ball of clay going on. And mm. if you really think about the Earth, it's not exactly solid. You just have like a solid shell. So if you had enough force, it is a giant lump of really warm clay, really warm Ooh. green and blue clay at that. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to be like, look, let's just have like giant cosmic hands doing this. Like, I don't know, maybe we're using specially shaped right. primordial black holes. Why not? Um, giant chisels. Uh, <laughs> or it sounds like, like my first instinct was we need a cosmic chisel to slice off the faces of this cube. But it sounds like it might be better to have like a, a mold, like a Play-Doh mold. Yeah, just smash it you in. You know how they grow those like fancy watermelons? Oh yeah, yeah. the square water, the cube watermelon. Could yeah. we just put a mold that's gently squishing and wait? <laughs> because there is a lot of liquid. Yeah, we can take the toddler approach and be like, round peg, square hole, we're set. Just squish <laughs> that nice round planet into a square mold and push it down enough and eh, good enough. So okay. we're going to take the same mass that we had before. And if some bits kind of go squishing out, that's okay. It helps the, the, the mantle of the Earth. So the Earth has is the solid inner inner core, liquid outer core, 
than the big gooey mantle and the tiny thin little crust. And the tiny thin little crust is <laughs> we're just gonna like shatter it like an eggshell on a freaking hard boiled egg, whatever. It doesn't matter. We squish it in, it'll reform. It's no big deal. We do that all the time. The mantley bit, you're probably thinking of it being like an ocean of lava because that's how we brought in textbooks, but it's not. It's blue and green and gooey. Um, so it's more like oatmeal. Literally blue and green? Yeah. 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 The inside of the earth is blue and green. I mean, it's really, really hot. So it's probably glowing red, but the rocks themselves okay. are blue and green. If you had color when completely surrounded by solids, which is like this whole philosophical problem of like what is the color of the inside of a human right like are the insides mm, okay. of humans actually red or is it only red because you rip them open and take a peek in this case we're going to rip the planet open and take a peek so it'd be blue and green aside from the fact it's glowing red hot so like the whole concept of color <laughs> just kind of falls apart a bit but so blue and green squishy inside of the planet that we're just kind of squishing out and and like the core will probably not get reshaped during this once we cube it, it sounds like we're going to probably have to wait a while for the crust to reform because every method we've thought of makes Earth like super unpleasant to be on for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to be on the surface while we're putting it in the mold. It's okay because the Earth is going to be super unpleasant no matter what for a while. So if we're starting <laughs> off and we're going to try and keep things to be the same mass... Then we end up with like a little cubicle earth with everything the same size in every direction, which it is not right now. Like you think earth is a sphere. Hey, we have a consistent radius. No, we don't. We're like a squished sphere that is actually really lumpy. So it's more like a potato. So we're already going into the realm of like, hey, this is a more perfect planet than we have. But even if we squish everything, the gravity is still going to be pointing to the center. So everything inside is still going to be all circular so we're still gonna have like the magnetic field of the earth hot metal moving fast if the, the outer core is gonna still generate a like a donut shaped magnetic field so you're still gonna get like your northern and southern lights only above those parts of the cube oh by the way do we want to have the earth rotating through a flat part a face or do we want it rotating through a corner so this was a good question that we were talking about like yeah, I think it's interesting in both ways, but I prefer it for some reason aesthetically to be spinning through a corner, like a little... I am uh, the exact opposite. Yeah? I think that it's funner if it's spinning like a cube because then you've got a whole edge that's on the edge moving instead of just one little corner. You've got Also, days would be really weird, right? Like all of a sudden the sun would hit an entire face if it was spinning oh, yeah. with a... F oh, it's yeah. like light and time are just going to be all over the place. But also <laughs> magnetic fields are going to be all over the place because they're still going to be donut shaped. And that's going to impact things like you still have your cosmic rays moving fast every time they hit the field, they light up. It's like effectively northern and southern lights are this like, hey, how are you doing on hardening your electrical grid? It's really beautiful and pretty up here. We're ready to zap you all. So anything poking out of the magnetic field is not protected from the zappage, which is right. like we've talked about this in terms of concerns for when the Apollo missions happened. We were like, hey, you know, just so everyone's aware, if there's like a coronal mass ejection towards the moon during the Apollo missions, we're just going to have a bunch of fried astronauts up there 
and they had like the emergency speech set aside and everything. So that's everything that's outside the magnetic field is just kind of screwed. Deathland. Yeah. I well, I mean it's yeah. you know, you can come up with ways to protect yourself from cosmic rays. Like you can like wander around in like giant tanks of water would be one way of doing it. Or lead encasements. <laughs> I wish you could have seen our faces. That was incredible. I want to be in a giant tank of water. One of my fish wishes. Tank, fish tank, fish yeah, exactly. Tank. One of my deep wishes is to live in the ocean, in the deep sea, and I could just take it with me. Exactly. And we talk about this in terms of like, how would we do deep space exploration of humans? Well, one of the things we have to talk about is how do we keep people protected when we're going outside our magnetic field to somewhere else and one of the concepts is well maybe you could just put all the water that you need anyway put it on the outside of the spaceship and store it on the outside to be a beautiful shield to absorb all the like ways the universe is just trying to casually kill you as you explore deep space so we could do that so think about if you want to go outside the magnetic field you have to be in your little fishbowl or like giant lead aprons and like x-ray machine style, like, hey, let's just put on like the dentist robes and go for a stroll. But that's not the only problem. I prefer the fishbowl. Yeah, I want to cruise around in my all-terrain fishbowl. And now we have an offer for our listeners. You can get up to half off an annual digital subscription that gives you unlimited access to our website and app. For this special holiday offer, go to newscientist.com slash DPS holiday to start your digital subscription now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So let's talk about what this would look like from afar. So that means we'd have this cubed planet, but each face would have like a like a half sphere, like a little contact lens of water on it. Is that right? And yeah. then where would the atmosphere, would the atmosphere be also in that weird dome on each face? Yeah. So we're living in the dome. We're living in the dome in our fish yeah. holes. We would have like six domes, but they would not be connected. <laughs> yeah. There'd be six little domes on six little faces and each one would be surrounding a little sea. <laughs> and if you look at the size of the ocean, and you look at the size of the atmosphere and how much water and how much gas we're working with here on Earth. We're talking about all of humanity living in a little 10 kilometer fringe around each of these lakes. Incredible. So space is defined by uh, how much atmosphere you have, right? Like at some point you go high enough up that you're like, there's not enough air. I'm in space. It's not very high. It's like 200 kilometers, right? And 
the edges of the cube are going to be like a thousand kilometers outside the atmosphere. So the edges of the cube will be in space by how we currently define things. Oh, we're going to have to redefine space. Or we <laughs> redefine spaceships so they have wheels. So you have a fish tank on wheels as your new spaceship <laughs> because you can leave the atmosphere of your face, go up to the edge of the world, then go across the edge of the world to go explore the next isolated little bubble. Imagine right? the tourism. Imagine it. I want to go on a trek to the edge, capital T, capital E, in my little fishbowl rover. <laughs> I can picture it perfectly. But gravity wouldn't be that strong out there, would it? Well, you'd be dealing with mountaineering problems. So going to space would also be mountaineering. It'd effectively be like Everest on extreme ends because gravity's going to keep pointing towards the center. But the center, when you've got a square, is at an angle. So when you're at this, like, if you're in the center of the ocean, gravity's pointing straight down. But by the time you get to the, the edges of the lake or the sea, it's going to be at a bit of an angle and you're going to be kind of constantly walking uphill or downhill. Even though the surface is flat, your your gravity is not. <laughs> your gravity is at an angle. And the further you get from the center, the bigger that angle gets. You've only got like, it's a 10 kilometer fringe. So you can cross the entire width of your available coastline, breathable area in like a two hour stroll. <laughs> I mean, walking around the lake would take longer, but you've got a very short distance before you're going to need your fishbowl to keep going. Your like little oxygen bubble inside of a fishbowl on wheels to go to space. Yeah. But And the further you go towards the edge, the steeper your angle is going to be. But you're going to know that the edges exist because the horizon, if you're, if you're in the middle of the ocean, the first thing you're going to see is going to be the corners of the cube. And you're going to be able to see them from like, I think the little fishbowl are the little ocean lenses are I think are about 300 kilometers across. And if you're in them, as long as you're within 150 kilometers of the, the coastline, so oh. as long as you're not in the dead center, if you're like halfway to shore, you will be able to see a corner. But it's not until you're within like 10 kilometers of shore, maybe 15 kilometers of shore, that you'll be able to see the flat areas actually nearby. So you won't be able to see the human inhabited portion unless you're almost at the coast. You'll only be able to see these corners jagging off that are way out there and have no air and no inhabitation. They're just rock. So you see like these mountains off to the sides. Would this look like a very large mountain or would it take up more of the sky? So I've been trying to decide on that one. And I think to some extent, we're going to have to play around with some optical effects here because right, like you could tell things were flat. Uh, one of the first places you can tell that we have a round planet is in the ocean where you've got these beautiful horizons going on. And you can tell what's going on with like sunsets and sunrises, why we have blue skies and red skies from how much atmosphere you're looking through. But that all gets muddled up when you're <laughs> dealing with like this tiny little bubble happening and i think that you would end up still getting your red sunsets but they'd be really close 
It seems like it would be easier to do rocket launches from Cube Earth, right? Because you have all those nice corners with no atmosphere. Instead of having all of our spaceports at the equator like we do now, where we can use the Earth's rotation to like fling things into space, we instead probably have a two-stage spacecraft where stage one would be wheels and go to the corner of the Earth, and stage two would be <laughs> launched from the corner into orbit. And if you're really lucky, you'd also that. do it with the rotations happening, depending where you have the axis of the Earth, you could shape it to be able to get that little gravitational assist anyway. I wonder if we got someone with mad hops, if they could jump off the corner of the Earth into space. <laughs> if we could do like trampolining. Yeah, I want a pogo stick into space. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we're still dealing with like, it's not that much lower, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Dang. But these edges would also be like incredible places to do a whole lot of science. Like, I'm just thinking like, put all the telescopes out there, right? Outside of the atmosphere. Oh yeah, you have no atmosphere going on. You you can actually walk out and repair them instead of having to deal with like the poor Hubble Space Telescope just slowly disintegrating as it stabilizers. You don't have to worry about stabilizers. You have less gravity, so you don't have to deal with the mirrors warping as much. You have really predictable light cycles happening. Super with a sharp edge. Yeah, and you could do things like have pick a corner and have a telescope on each side of the corner to have full coverage. Uh, and they could even share like a little processing center, just like we do in Antarctica right now. So yeah, you could do some really cool science with that. That seems pretty rad. I will say that it seems to me, and this might not be true, Makeup will need your input, but it <laughs> seems like if we're cubing Earth and then we're going to put some telescopes and stuff on there, it does seem like earthquakes might be a problem because oh. of how much we've screwed up the planet. Yeah, I would say there'd definitely be a lot of like surface level earthquakes going on during the time where everything was cooling. All the bits that we destroyed would be cooling down and crunching. And as they cooled and crunched, they would contract and you get some earthquakes from that. But they'd be, you know, relatively surface level earthquakes. Uh, but the whole planet would be trying to relax from a cube back into a sphere. So it would always be trying to have like the corners crumble in and the, the flat bits bulge out unless we're keeping it in our, our mold. So you you definitely have some fairly large earthquakes from that as it's all just trying to sag out. So I'd recommend we come up with like an Earth-sized pair of Spanx to shove it in. Um, keep it like force-fielded into place. Because after you go through all the effort of building a cubicle planet, you kind of want to keep it. Yeah, I like the idea of shapewear, but the shape is a cube. <laughs> Look, everyone has their own aesthetic preferences. We do no shaming here. Okay, we're going to have to end it there, but we're not done at all. We had so much more conversation with Mika that we're coming back tomorrow with Cube Earth Part 2, the last episode of Season 1. We'll get into how Cube Earth is just mega Australia, the absolutely wild climate that'll happen there, and the inevitable sea monsters that cubing the Earth would create. <laughs> Thanks again to Mika McKinnon for joining us and to all of you for listening. If you have any questions or ideas for destroying the universe, get in touch at deadplanets at newscientist.com. Or if you just want to chat about what Cube Earth would be like, you can find us on X. I'm at Down Here on Earth, and Chelsea is at Chelsea White. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.